Welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway. And I'm Cameron Conway. And this podcast is a very personal look at personal finance in Canada. Hello and welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway here with Cameron Conway. And today we're going to be talking about something that I affectionately call the simple budget. Are you saying there's a budget out there that's simple? Like, is this simple in quotation marks, simple in italics? What exactly are you trying to get at here? Simple in the idea that anyone with a few minutes time and... Whoa, whoa, whoa. A few minutes time. Well, hold on a second there. You're going to have to do a little bit better than that. Anyone with a few minutes time and a little bit of upfront effort can... Effort? I don't know. Every time I hear the word budgeting, all I think about is effort and suffering and pain and scrimping and saving and rubbing pennies together until they catch fire. And that's the type of mindset that we're trying to help fight against. Budgeting is actually not that bad. Once you've done a little bit of work to get one set up, it can be quick and easy. When I do ours personally, every pay period, it only takes about five to 10 minutes. And that's not a big time commitment in my mind compared to the benefits that it gives, like the idea to make sure that we're still on track with our personal goals. Well, why do we need a budget? I get a bill in the mail. Well, not even anymore. All my bills seem to be hooked up to my credit card. So the credit card does all the work for me. Why do I need to put in this effort to actually manage my money and actually think about the future when all I want is right here and right now? Well, with all the things that we've talked about in the past few weeks, so that's inflation, so many people contemplating a side hustle, things getting more expensive and people trying to make ends meet, it's very, very helpful to see where the money's going. And until you have that knowledge, it can be more challenging to make decisions. Just because it's one thing to look at your bank account after you get paid and suddenly there's money in there and you think, wow, this is great. Let's go have a party and spend it all. But then a couple weeks later when rent or the mortgage is due, we have to make sure that the money is available and that we're actually moving forward and making positive progress each month and not finding ourselves in a position where you're constantly feeling like you're struggling or digging yourself out of a hole just because maybe when you were looking at today, you weren't necessarily thinking of the bills that are going to come due a week from now or three weeks from now. But isn't that struggle and grind the Canadian way? I go, I work, I get a paycheck, I go spend it and I do it all over again. This is the great battle. It's a battle between instant gratification, making ourselves happy today, and delayed gratification. You know, it's the idea of, should I go out today and have that piece of cake or or wait until I can take a vacation and eat that whole cake because we all know calories on vacation don't count. So um, it's, it's a bit of a balancing act. You might also have goals that are more significant or feel like milestones, like saving to buy your first house or even buying your first car. And all of that will come down to how well you manage your money on the day to day. Believe it or not, even our biggest goals will come back down to our daily activities and our spending habits. So what you're saying is the delayed gratification and the budgeting, it helps you get these things like a house and a car that you didn't get from Toys R Us. (laughs) Yeah, we all have a limited income. So it's making sure that we have the means 
and also the desire to make that income go as far as possible. Because it is an emotional battle some days, you know, when work was hard and life is feeling stressful and it feels like a relief to go shopping. That can be a trick. That can be something that's very, very difficult to overcome. So keeping a budget or even just for some people, keeping your goals in mind can really help prioritize what makes the most long-term sense. So yes, I might feel better for the next five minutes if I go buy that nice pretty dress, but you know, down the road, how am I going to feel if I feel like a few years have gone by and I still don't have enough money to reach that larger goal that was really important to me? Well, I guess I suppose we can't just keep deferring all these ideas and problems to our future selves. We can't just cross our fingers and hope that CPP, OAS, universal basic income, or all these other things could come and rescue the day. We kind of do have to make a decision now and get into a good habit so we can have those things later also. Universal basic income? It's what everyone wants now. So everyone's just hoping and waiting that it just magically shows up one day. So why budget? All this free money is on our way. Well, budgeting is actually all about balance. It's about making sure that you find happiness in today, but also happiness in tomorrow and a tomorrow that feels positive and hopeful to you and not just the constant slog of trying to get through or trying to get by or trying to make ends meet. And I'm also a firm believer of making sure that fun or entertainment is built into your budget. So that means you're planning for and expecting that you've got to live your life. You've got to go to restaurants every now and then you know, have a few birthday parties, go to a few birthday parties, and just other things that make you happy or make your kids happy if you've got kids and they might want to be in some activities. So I guess the trick is trying to figure out how to do a budget where you still can have some enjoyment in life and not just be the old Scrooge miser who just stocks it all away in the floorboard, right? That's right. And there's a lot out there. If you start looking at budgeting kind of in general, you might get a little bit overwhelmed because it feels like everyone has a slightly different way of doing it. And honestly, some of them are trickier than others. I know what you mean. I've looked at this a few times and I find these articles on these news websites where it says to only spend 20 to 30% on your house. How is this real? I keep finding these budgets that have absolutely no grounding in reality. So how can I implement something if the experts don't even know what reality is anymore? You know what? That drives me crazy too. I was trying to find a good good concrete example to share with everybody here today. And um, I just found more of the same when I was doing my own, my own looking. One of the uh, budget templates that I was looking at for 2021 had housing at 25 to 35% of someone's take-home pay. And we know that the average take-home pay in Canada here is for a household, somewhere around the $65,000 mark. So that's a really tall order. Uh, and to be very honest, not not incredibly realistic. I know people firsthand that are renting that are spending over 50% of their take-home pay on rent just because that's what it is. And if you want a roof over your head and your own place in that you're not sharing with roommates or someone else, then uh, that can be the reality because, you know, salaries have not really gotten very much higher. And um, it seems like some of these budgets that you look at online are pretty antiquated. 
Well, exactly. They didn't factor in how housing prices have gone insane, how inflation has crept up and just all the other changes we've gone through in the country. It seems like this is an ideal from what, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. So the budget I was looking at online, in addition to housing only being 20 to 35 percent, it had transportation at 10 to 15 percent. So obviously no one's looked at the gas pump in the last little while. Or even transit rates. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, that's it too, right? Food at 10 to 15 percent, utilities at 5 to 10, insurance at 10 to 25, health 5 to 10 percent. And then somehow, once it's all said and done, you're still supposed to be able to find another 10 to 20 percent to put towards your savings. So essentially, they live in a small town in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) With nowhere to go, nothing to do. Actually, that describes the last few years. But um, when we get back to reality and when we get back to the new normal, things have changed. So what I find to be most helpful when I'm doing my own simple budget or when I'm encouraging someone else to create their own is that um, once you've written out the dollar amount of what each category represents in terms of how much each category compares to your net income, then you can create your own percentages and you can just see whether or not that is reasonable. And for me, if it passes the reasonability test, that's a lot more accurate than a lot of these random figures that seem to be flying around out there today. Well, Christine, I trust you with our money. So how exactly do you do our budget every single month then? That's right. Well, we're married. So your money is my money and my money is your money. It all goes into the same joint account at the end of the day. And um, when I'm doing our budget, I'll kind of take you through the process. But before I do, let's say you're just doing this for the first time. So you've never created a budget before, or maybe you have, but you know, you felt it was too restrictive and you never really stuck with it. Let's start at square one and just, just talk about how it's done. Am I imagining that there's one column for happy things and one column for sad things? There will definitely be a column for essentials and a column for things that you want. So yes, if they're happy things and sad things, categorize them whatever way makes the most sense to you. Now for someone doing this for the first time, what I recommend before you start is to pull out your pay stub and look at the amount of money that you actually take home and also pay attention to the frequency that you're paid. So you're talking about the net, so the smaller number at the bottom, not the top one? That's right. So that's an important distinction. The gross amount is what you're paid before taxes and deductions. And you know what? This is actually a really good opportunity. If you haven't looked at your pay stub in a while, take a look at all of the things that are coming off before you get to your net number, which is the amount that actually gets deposited into your bank account. Exactly, because if you start setting a budget and spending money according to your gross amount, you're going to have a bad day. Definitely. But um, like I said, this is a good exercise in terms of you're going to see what you're paying for because this is your money just going to different areas. So you'll see taxes come off the top if you're a regular employee, just in the terms of the normal withholding that they're required to to take and remit to the CRA on your behalf. You'll see CPP and EI, again, if you're an employee. And you might actually see other things like um, a pension plan, if you're lucky, 
or group savings or RSPs. You might also see some uh, long-term health plans. So there can be long-term disability, critical illness insurance, life insurance. There can also be health and dental, those kinds of things. But uh, if you're paying for it, it's also always a good idea to make sure that you've spoken to either your HR or whoever at your company is in charge of that. And um, you know that you're taking advantage of those programs to the fullest ability because it is your money going to work here. So make sure that you're getting what you can out of the programs that you're participating in, even if it is mandatory participation. Okay, so I look at my pay stub. I look at all the deductions, the good ones, the frustrating ones, the ones I kind of like, and I'm left with my net amount. What do I do with this money? Yeah, so the way that I do it, I like to use an Excel spreadsheet. And this is because I'm a little bit lazy and it'll do the math for me. You can make it um, do some auto calculations for you. Or you know what, if that's a little bit beyond what you're comfortable with, you can just use it as a basic tracking and that works just fine too. So at the top of every budget, I write in my net amount. So my final take home from my pay stub. And I will write in the frequency that I'm getting paid. So if it's every two weeks, if it's the 15th and the 30th of the month, if it's monthly, or if, you know, maybe I'm more of a seasonal worker and I know that I'm going to have to budget for a longer period of time, then that's what I'm taking into account. Really what I'm trying to do is find out from one paycheck to the next paycheck, how many, what period of time, and how many weeks of expenses do I have to cover off? So once I'm comfortable with the frequency that I'm going to be paid, so I know when my next paycheck is coming, then what I need to do is write out all of my non-negotiable mandatory expenses for that period of time. So if you look at my budget, it essentially is a list of dates. So from 1 to 31, um, I don't if I don't have a bill on that date, I won't necessarily have that day numbered. So it might be like 1, 5, 7, 8, 9, 12, 18, that kind of thing. But every day when I know I will have a bill due, I write down what that bill is and what the amount is going to be. Or if it's something like maybe my natural gas bill or something that it might change a little bit based on the season, I'll usually write in the top end of that range so that I make sure that I have more than I need available to pay that when it comes. Well, exactly. It helps give you a bit of a buffer, like she said, with something like gas, where some months it could be 40 bucks, some months it could be 100 or 200 a month. So it's nice to have a little extra buffer you can play around with later. So you're not super surprised when you shouldn't be in the middle of winter. That's right. But this version of the simple budget is looking at mandatory expenses only. So what do I need today for this next pay period to eat, to keep a roof over my head, to, you know, live. So that might be my phone. It might be my internet connection. Could be coffee. It could be coffee. Um, but it's, it's essentially what are the expenses that I need to pay during this period of time. And I'm going to do that for each pay period that I have in that month. And in some cases, for some people, if you're paid bi-weekly, it's going to change. So what my simple budget looks like, like I said, it's an entire month 
with the dates that I have a bill to pay, and then it's the bill beside it, and then the dollar amount. So if the days have changed when I'm paid, I look at essentially that two-week period and total out what the bills for that period of time will be. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You're just trying to set a red line between every single paycheck. So you've in your head allocated what you need to cover those bills. Then you could do something else with what's left, or you can leave it to pay for another bill that's a little close to the next paycheck. That's right. So it's essentially looking at the essentials. It's what do I need to have available today? And once we know that that's going to be in the bank account, then whatever is left is what I have available to either further my goal or go out and have a good time, put towards entertainment, things like that. Now, the way that we personally handle the entertainment question is we have something that we call fun money, which is basically just money that we allocate as part of our regular budget. So it's a line item every time we get paid in our budget that we use as a pool of discretionary spending. Yeah, it's our no questions asked money that we can each spend. So we don't have to worry about breaking the bank or breaking the budget, but every single month we set a little bit into our little side accounts for this kind of thing. It doesn't have to be a lot because even a long time ago, when I was doing like 20 or 40 bucks a week. It, it adds up quite a bit, but this gives you a chance to have that outlet that a lot of other budgets don't give you that make you track every single dollar and cent. So a lot like how some people will go on a diet and have a cheat day, this little fun money, it could be 5 10% of your net. This is what it's for, where you can still go out, have some fun, but still be disciplined enough to all the other areas that that fun won't put you in trouble. Yeah, it's basically planning for it ahead of time. So if for whatever reason it's been a slower month and you haven't gone out very much, it'll carry forward. So it's it's kind of like a little mini sub account or a savings account that's within your bank account that you're accumulating cash every pay period. And I mean, you can use it for things like you just bought the most recent PlayStation 5. Yes, I embraced the tactics of the scalper and got in all the discords and Twitters and finally tracked one down last week. Now we just hope and pray that it actually ships. <laughs> That's right. But you didn't have to worry about that one-time expense because the money was already ready and waiting because you've been saving up for it for a while. Well, exactly. That's the whole point of having the fun money. It's an outlet of your budgeting. So you can pay your bills and you don't feel as restricted at the same time because it can get overwhelming sometimes. That's why it's important to just mark out your essentials, what you need every single month. And then you have that flexibility month to month to spend the rest or put it in savings so you can enjoy things later on. Yeah. And once you have your mandatory expenses, I think it's important to also have the kind of should haves in there. And that can be things like personal life insurance, critical illness, disability insurance, travel insurance, if you're heading out of the country fairly regularly, even just health and dental. Now, if you did look at your pay stub earlier and you realized that these things are already being paid for by you and your employer, that's great. Find out what the limits are of those plans and see if you need to buy a top up on your own. That'll usually cost quite significantly less than having to buy your own plan. But for us, I mean, it's something like disability insurance. We view that now as being a non-negotiable. So that is in my, my regular simple budget. But uh, I do think that all those things should be as an extra layer. 
And then the remaining, the investments, long-term, short-term goals, even debt repayment, things that you're working towards that way, those are addressed with the extra cash flow that you have available. So for this to work, you need to have a budget where there's money left over when you've gone through all your mandatory expenses for the month. Yeah, and especially on the debt subject, it, we both feel it very important to just pay it off as fast as you can because debt doesn't get cheaper the longer it's there. That's interest that they're pulling out of your account that you could use for something else. So being disciplined with the simple budget this way, it helps you clear off a lot of these debts faster so you're not just literally just throwing money away. So that was important to us, but I mean, for some other people, maybe someone doing this later in life that doesn't have a lot of savings, savings might be their priority. And there's nothing wrong with that too. We find that it really varies household to household. But this is where turning your own personal budget into percentages can actually be really beneficial. Because once you've listed out all of your mandatory costs, if you find out there's no money left at the end of the month, that's when it really might be decision time. Because at that point in time, there's no choice beyond either bringing in more money, either through a side hustle or getting a raise at work or looking for a new job, or finding yourself slowly descend into despair as you go further and further into debt, which is, of course, a position that no one wants to be in, especially over the long term. With our, with our budgets, we need to make sure that we're making progress, that we're always moving forward, and that we're not essentially just treading water. So how exactly do we convert the simple budget into a usable percentage that we can have fun with? Right. So rather than doing what I did earlier, where you're kind of looking online to find some kind of template to use, what I do is I look at my own numbers. And how I do it is I put that net amount, so the amount of my paycheck that's at the top of my spreadsheet, and I take my my simple budget and everything that's in the same category. So like for housing, it might be my mortgage, it might be my property tax, my strata fee, insurance, all of that. I'll add those things together and I'll divide that by my net, by the amount of money that I have available. And that'll give me a percentage. And then I know how much of my income is realistically going towards, say, my housing. And if it is excessive, so let's say I've run these calculations and my housing is taking 60 or 70% of my take-home income, ouch, that's pretty scary. It might be time to reconsider that decision that I've made that's put me in the position where I'm required to pay that much of my take home because it can get to the point where you're not in a position where you can get ahead. And that's the scary part. Well, exactly. Especially if you're in a rental position, because that number is just going to creep up every year or every other year. Right. And it comes down to balancing that with your other goals. So if one category is hugely out of proportion, and like I said, we're picking on housing too because that's the one that we've really seen go nutso over the last couple of years, it's so important to control, especially if you have a need to save for other things. Or if you just want to, you know, 
have the ability to go on vacation, give your kids the best possible life experience. It's making sure that there's cash flow available so that you're not completely house poor or in a position where you can't do anything else. And I mean, we've harped on interest rates in this program before, but it is a reality where factors outside of your control, if you are an owner, can increase the cost of your mortgage. And that's a scary thing too, right? So the budget has to have some flexibility. Well, exactly. You have to kind of build in a concern for inflation in your budget as well, because the numbers you set today probably won't be the same next year. Right. And when I'm looking at these percentages, I'm usually not, you can do it for all categories, but I'm usually just looking at the big ones because those are the ones that are really going to move the needle. So our top tips so far would be you write out all of your expenses by date and each pay period, you're just looking at that pay period and what your expenses are going to be for that pay period. And then you're also converting your larger chunks, so like housing, transportation, things like that, into a percentage just to make sure that they're manageable. Now, I should say as well, if you have a really big bill that is too much for one paycheck to handle, so maybe that's rent, maybe it's the mortgage, what I'll typically do is I'll allocate some savings for that in each pay period. So let's say my rent is $2,000. I might have a line item for it, you know, in the first two weeks of the month or the first half of the month. And then the second line item for it in the other half of the month, just so that I know that the money's going to be there. Well, I think we did a good job kind of covering the immediate needs, why you have a budget, but how can we start looking towards the future with this budget? Yeah, so that's where it comes to having a healthy amount of cash flow available after all of your essentials are taken care of. And that is something that people struggle with, right? It seems like the savings for our future always seems to take last place. And I mean, we've all heard popular concepts like the whole pay yourself first thing. What I like to do, once I know that I'm going to have some amount of money available at the end of each pay period, is after I've gone through my expenses for that, in our case, two-week period, what I'll do is I'll take the amount that's left over and I'll immediately remove it from the bank account and I'll transfer it towards whatever my goal may be. So if my goal is to save for a vacation, it might go into my tax-free savings account. If it's to save for my retirement, it might go into my retirement account. Um, if it's to pay down a debt, it'll be transferred directly on that debt. But I'm a huge believer in once you've figured out how much money that you have available, you got to get it out of the bank account right away. Otherwise, it'll get spent on something else and then it'll be gone, right? So the opportunity there will be lost. And backtracking a little bit, this is why we like TFSA so much, because it gives you this chance to save. But if something does come up suddenly, you can pull it out without having to worry about the tax implication as if you put it in RRSP first. That's right. And I mean, some people talk about having emergency funds or emergency amounts available. And I think that that's appropriate in some cases for some people. What we've done in the past with interest rates being as low as they are is we've essentially just had access to a line of credit for anything more than maybe a couple thousand dollars, just because we want to make sure that our money is being as productive as possible. So in 
my particular circumstance, and this isn't going to be true for everyone, it made more sense for us to have our money, money actively working towards our goal with the understanding that we could just readvance a larger sum if we needed to. So when we were actively repaying our debt, it made more sense to not pay that interest every month through through redirecting that money towards the debt than it did to have it just sit in a cash account. That being said, you definitely want to be prepared. Everyone has their own different level of comfort in this area, but that's something that worked for us during a time where we were both employed, we were both working, and we knew that there was going to be some consistency in our income. I know for a lot of people using the Excel method can work, but some people want to be a little bit more hands-off. In your travels through the internet, have you found any apps or sites that could kind of give people a bit of a head start on this? The most popular one that I've seen is Mint, owned by Intuit. And that's mostly because it's completely free to the end user. They make their money elsewhere. Um, but it what it does is it essentially syncs your bank accounts, credit cards, other things like that, helps you track your spending and create goals, track investments. And it also will give you notifications if you're over budget, um, if you're spending an unusually large amount. And it does kind of try and do some of the thinking for you. So the the AI on that is analyzing your spending habits and the choices that you're making. It can categorize your expenses for you. And it is also going to give you some suggestions based on your spending patterns. Uh, as a perk, they also have some uh, credit score monitoring. Well, you can monitor it, monitor it um, and you can access your credit score through that as well. And I think they're tied into TransUnion. So um, not a recommendation, of course, but that is, I think, probably the, the top one that I've seen that way. The other one that I've heard quite a bit about is uh, the very popular You Need a Budget application. That one is a zero-sum budgeting. So that's essentially the idea that every single dollar you earn should be hard at work for you, which of course we agree with. But um, what they'll do is they'll make sure that every dollar is in a category, uh, including longer-term things. So you might be saving for Christmas in July, and you might be budgeting for your property taxes, all throughout the year every month. So you've essentially got tons and tons and tons of little categories that have a bit of money accumulating on a regular basis. And if you find yourself over budget, you have to take it out of another category to balance out. So the difference from what I have found works for us is that we're only looking at the mandatory expenses. We're not necessarily trying to over-categorize everything. We're trying to maximize the amount of money going towards goals. But of course, you do need to be aware of any emergencies or anything upcoming that you may have to deal with because that's the very nature of life, right? It's, it's pretty unpredictable. And the other popular budgeting method that I've seen, which... Oh, kind of feels like it's gone out the window a little bit these days as well, is a proportional budgeting method where <laughs> the most popular one says to spend no more than 50% on your essentials, 30% on the things that you want, and 20% to savings. But I mean, that's kind of 
feeling a little more unrealistic these days. So I think percentages make sense when they're related to your particular budget, but trying to pigeonhole your life into someone else's experience, especially if that experience is maybe a little bit out of date compared to where we are now, is not necessarily the best thing to do. So just as some parting thoughts, a budget is meant to make your life easier, not more complicated. So if you find that you're trying to get into this budgeting thing, but the tracking is difficult or you just feel pulled in too many different directions, it may be a challenge of prioritization. It may be a need to look at the bigger picture and it might be time to talk to a financial planner. So as always, we welcome people to give us a call. If you're in BC, we're very happy to help you out. And uh, we're, of course, at Braun Financial, braunfinancial.com. You can uh, send us an email, give us a call, and we're always happy to chat. So until then, until next time, happy budgeting and all the best.